What's up, everybody? Welcome to the next episode of Dev and the Bear. Uh, we have a pretty MMA-loaded week this week. Um, starting on the 10th will be the PFL 4, which is going to be a pretty exciting one. And then we have Bellator 260 and UFC 263. So we're going to start with PFL 4. Uh, the first fight is going to be Tyler Diamond versus Brendan Lunane. That's going to be a pretty fun one. Um, Tyler Diamond's definitely making a name for himself. Brendan Lunane's already pretty renowned and established in the yeah. PFL world. Um, I'm looking at that one and thinking Lunane's going to get the knockout, though. You thinking so? Yeah. Yeah, I know Tyler Diamond. Uh, I know he's been stopped as well. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to definitely go in there. I mean, I if you haven't seen a PFL fight, I recommend it uh, to, to give it a watch. Uh, there's some people making either professional MMA debuts on that card, and we're going to get to that. But it's just the PFL, like the way that their point system is set up. If you want to be the best in their in their organization, you have to put on exciting fights. It's all a point system. If you want to move up through the rankings and move on to the semifinals, then the finals and all that. So, um, and it's a featherweight division. I mean, that's like the first. That's the only division that's having stoppages consistently in that in there. So yeah, and um, the next fight will be. Uh... Bubba Jenkins. I'm sorry, you didn't get no, your... No, you're good. No, I was actually about to just go to the next one. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the next fight's going to be Bubba Jenkins and Bobby Moffitt. Um, th- I feel like that fight's going to be another exciting one. Yeah. Uh, Bubba Jenkins is just coming off a surprising win yeah, over Lance Palmer, win. the former champion. Um, I have Bobby Moffitt winning, but I'm not... I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bubba Jenkins pulls it off. I think... Uh, that last one caught me by surprise. Yeah. He, he w- did a very good job beating Lance Palmer. Yeah. Um, and it, I, like I said, I think it's kind of surprised everybody, but I think, I think that Moffat is not as good as Lance Palmer. So if Bubba Jenkins does win this, I'm going to stop. Hey, I'm going to stop counting them out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do, I do give it to Bobby Moffat. He's just, he's a really fun fighter. He's, he's the wolf. He's good. He's fun. Yeah, and so it's going to be a fun fight. Uh, I mean, Bubba Jenkins has a lot of hype coming into this one with that win over Lance Palmer. And uh, if he, I mean, Lance Palmer, if you keep up with the outside of the UFC, he's a really exciting featherweight to watch. But um, Bobby Moffat, he's a submission guy. I mean, he's known for his submissions. And uh, two of Bubba Jenkins' losses, he only has four losses. Two are by decision, two are by submission. Two are by decision, two are by submission. And... Um, both those are technical submissions, so he got choked out cold both those times. But uh, Bubba Jenkins is really uh, coming into this uh, this new season with PFL. He's coming in making a point. You know, yeah. he's coming in showing showing that he's ready to fight. He's ready to be the best in the organization. So, yeah, and I think Moffat is pretty good all around. So I have him winning. I think I have him picked by knockout. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't surpri- be surprised if he gets the submission win. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, if Bubba Jenkins pulls it off, that's he's kind of setting the setting the standard, setting the precedent yep. that that's what he's gonna do. Mm-hmm. So if he does it, good so, stuff for him. And so for the uh, co-main event of the PFL card, we have Clay Collar taking on Jolton Lutterback. Uh, Clay Collar is coming off of a uh, him as well coming off an upset win against um, Anthony Pettis. Yeah. So which. I, Anthony Pettis just pulled out of his fight. Yep. Um, and so that's why this fight's taking place. Yeah. So you have, like you were saying, uh, Clay Collard and Jolton Luderbach. 
have Clay Collard knock out in the first round. I'm such a big Clay Collard fan, though, so I'm probably very biased. Uh, I was a fan of him when he was in the UFC. Yeah. He's so fun to watch, whether it's on the ground or standing up. He's just he's fun to watch. I think he's really good at getting the job done. So I think not that Luderbach's not at the same level as him. I think that Clay Collard just has more experience, and ha- he, he's... Yeah he's a bit used to fighting at a high level all the time. So I think he's going to yeah. get it done a little better than Luderbach. And I think he's going to take care of it pretty early. Yeah. And what's called with, uh, Jolton, uh, Luderbach. He's, uh, he's coming in. He actually is pretty experienced with the MMA, uh, circuit. He's 34 and nine. I would say not at the level that clay collar. Exactly. Is and that's, yeah. that's why I want, yeah. I did specify. I want to specify yeah. on that because clay collar has been doing it at, at such a high level. His first fight in PFL was against Anthony Pettis. Um, and they knew, I think they made that matchup because they knew that's the one that is going to grab the most attention because those guys are two of the best names in their division right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, the age factor does come in with clay Collard as well. He's 28. You know, you have a uh, Luderbach who is, or Luderbach, he is 34. So, I mean, that also, I think that plays a little bit of a factor in it as well, but I mean, uh, Clay Collard's he fought in the UFC. He's been around before, and but he, like you said, he's he's faced top competition the entire time. I mean, yeah. f- from from him fighting the UFC. I mean, even his run in the UFC, his first fight was against Max Holloway. Yeah, he you know? he's gonna be used to t- high high profile fights. He's used to a lot of pressure. He's used to it being all on him to get the job done because he's fighting the usually better guy um but now i think he's going to be the better guy so he's going to be a bit more relaxed yeah so um, i don't see that fight going to decision to be honest with you. i don't either a lot of the fights in that division went to decision except for his um and uh, someone else's i'm blanking on whose it was but um i think that fight is definitely not one that's going to go to decision i, I don't see clay Gall- clay collard losing but if he does it's just going to make things more Excuse interesting. Me. Sorry. They're actually both the same age. They're both 28. They're the same age. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I, especially with, uh, Luderbach, you know, he is 34, nine. He has 12 wins by TKO, 12 wins by submission and 10 by decision. So, and you look at clay collar just as well. Like he yeah. also has a lot of stoppage wins. He doesn't really, he doesn't really go to decision. He do anything. Yeah. I mean, so I think that says a lot about what's going to happen with that. I mean, he goes to decisions, but he's he's looking he's looking to go out there. I think it's gonna be probably the best fight on that card for the main card. So I think they're both gonna put on a really good show. But for the main event is uh, what I was mentioning earlier. Somebody making their pro MMA debut. Uh, Clarissa Shields will be taking on Brittany Elkin, and I'm excited to see this. I mean, we're actually seeing a boxer who took the time out of her like her life, what she was good at. She's known as the best yeah, female boxer she's, of all time. Uh, uh, Several weight class champion, yeah. Several organization champion. She's got several belts to her name. Um, she's known to have a ton of power, great speed, great ability yeah. to finish fights, and look very technically sound doing it. Yeah, and so uh, I mean, she's a great fighter, just a great boxer. So it's just going to raise a question: is just you know, she's training with Jackson Wink, which is a world-renowned gym. But is she going to be able to go in there and fight in an MMA fight? Of course, yeah. every fight starts on the feet. That's how it starts. And so it's just um, with the time and effort that she's put into transitioning into pro MMA, which I think she's going about it right. She's fighting for she a bigger – She's fighting a bit in a bigger organization, but it's not the t- the best 
for the best, you know, she's easing into it. Um, so we're just going to see what she does whenever she goes in there to fight Brittany Elkin. Um, if you ever want to look up clips on Clarissa, Clarissa Shields, I highly recommend it just because she's going to go in there and she's, I mean, you, she has phenomenal boxing. Yeah. So with Brittany Elkin though, it's like, I feel like they kind of gave her Brittany Elkin, uh, cause it's like, okay, you, we just want to test the waters, but, um, also just cause they want her to win, you know, you don't want, so the best spot, female boxer of all time to come in here and lose, you know? Yeah. But I, I think, I think Brittany Elkin is, she's a good fighter. She's very well-rounded. Um, I don't think she's particularly good in any specific aspect of the sport. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the kind of it, it doesn't really matter. A well-rounded fighter is kind of a dangerous threat to Clarissa Shields. Yeah. If she can't handle leg kicks and ground game or any type of clinch work, then she's in for a long night. Yeah. Um, and I do think it being her first MMA fight, not sparring match, not, you know, I, I understand she's put a lot of work into it, but I'm going to be a bit of a, a critic. And and I'm gonna I'm I can't give her the benefit of the doubt just because MMA is a different animal than boxing. Yeah, for sure. So I think Elkin goes in and gets a submission win. Um, I don't know, man. I, I really feel like Clarissa is gonna do what she has to do to go in there. I I really think Clarissa is probably gonna knock her out. I don't see it going to decision, honestly. Um, uh, with either of these fighters, uh, if it goes to decision, it's probably gonna be a boring fight, honestly. That that that's what I'm saying. I yeah. think Shields will be in for a long night if she can't handle clinch work. Because then Elkin's just going to hold her up against cage, hold her on the ground, yeah, pummel her, tire her out. Because we've seen it before, where boxers come over at MMA and they're like, oh, "I can handle the clinch, I can handle yeah. the boxing," but they can't. You know, it's, it's very different. different. It's just like when MMA fighters go to boxing, it's the same exact thing. Oh, I can box, and then yeah. you find out you can't box. You can't you know? box. You you can, you have good hands, but you can't box. Yeah, because boxing is different. You have to stand differently. You have to react to things differently. Yeah, you, got, um, you have to throw punches very differently yeah. as well. And in MMA, when you're in a clinch in boxing, yeah, you got to look out for some punches. Um, but in MMA, you have to look out for takedowns. You have to look out for sweeps. So you got to watch their feet. Yeah, so I got to look out for knees, punches, elbows. You, if you if you don't want them to clinch with you, you do want to separate. Yeah, but you also don't want to separate if they're ready to throw an elbow on separation because that's a. I think that's becoming a very popular uh, thing to do right now. Everybody's finding success on. S- separation elbows as soon as you create space yeah. you throw an elbow leon um, edwards is really good at it yeah yeah uh we saw it with prohashka and reyes they were both doing it yeah so shields being someone who's not used to seeing something like that i think she's very susceptible to it so again if she can't handle clinch work if she can't handle groundwork or leg kick she's in for a really long night and i could totally see it go into decision for elkin but i think if elkin gets it down to the ground no matter how much uh practice and training shields has done yeah in the gym it's your first fight the first time you're going to be trying to defend these submissions for real yeah we're gonna have to she's gonna have to really put all that training into effect right then and there and i don't think that she can but the, um, it, it kind of raises the question for Brittany Elkin, though. Like, is she going to be able to actually get her down? Is she actually going to be able to submit her? You know, because yeah. she's three and six, and two of those are by TKO. One is by decision, and all of her losses, three of her losses are by uh, submission, you know? So it kind of is like, okay, is she going to, what is she, she's going to have to take her down. She's not going to want to stand up with her. Yeah. And, you know? and, she, and yes, that absolutely needs to be her game plan. 
because if anyone can go make a pro MMA debut uh, and get a and get a great knockout win after being a boxer, it's Clarissa Shields. Yeah, she's super athletic. I mean, I think she can definitely get the job done. So, moving on to uh, Friday, we'll be watching the uh, Bellator 260 card. And here uh, a couple names if you keep up with the circuit outside of the UFC. Uh, Nick Newell will be making his Bellator um, debut. And so that's a pretty big deal as well. If you don't know who Nick yeah. Newell is, he is a uh, MMA fighter. He was born with uh, pretty much just half of an, uh, his left arm, right? Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a name for it, and we're just too dumb. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, born with a um, with a arm that, uh, I mean, just it never really grew Even when he was a kid. Like, there's baby pictures of him. It just never fully extended out. But he didn't let it stop him. And he's... Con- he's yeah, a, he was born with congenital amputation. Yeah. And, and so... Yeah, uh, I'm really happy to see him on a big, on a major uh, promotion like Bellator. Yeah. Uh, because he had been going around winning fights everywhere he went. And it's crazy to see him fight because oh. he's gotten. I'm an idiot. Like, he's not against he's Bellator. Been, he's been on yeah. Bellator, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, I was like, I, I'm happy to see him there because I, I kind of thought he had been there. But he's been trying to get into the UFC. Mm-hmm. And Dana White doesn't want to pick him up. No, he uh, did fight on the contender series against Alex yeah, Munoz. And he lost. Yeah, he did lose uh, by decision. And um, yeah, Dana White didn't want to pull him on the card because he said, you know, like, just think about what happens if he gets hurt. What happens if he gets hurt. And it's like, well, I mean, this Everybody is the, gets hurt, dude. This is the hurt business, you know? I mean, the guy's going out there. I mean, Idiot. He, he had a really, he has a good record, too. He's 16 and 3. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. It's crazy. To see Nick Newell choke people out with one arm. Yeah, he does it all the time. It's crazy. 11 submission wins. That's yeah. ridiculous, dude. And um, I mean, he has a couple guillotine wins, and it's, if you ever see whenever he uses his arm to slide it in there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just able to, because the way his arm, it's pretty much uh, like right below the elbow. I'll probably say like an inch, and it's cut off. Yeah. And, and he'll um, use it, and he'll hold on to, uh, yeah. apologies for the lack of a better word, he'll hold on to the stub, Yeah. Uh, which has like the little fingers, uh, which... This probably sounds really mean. Uh, I don't. Sorry to anyone who might find that offensive. I'd, you know, leave comments and let us know Correct better us, better ways to approach things like this. Um, but yeah, the way that he goes in there and he'll he'll like you were saying he'll use that other arm mm. to sink in a choke and yeah. it, he's so good at it. And he'll like slide it his he'll use his right hand to kind of pull his elbow up and yeah. and it's just like it's like a one arm guillotine almost. And so, because uh, right where it cuts off is like that perfect divot in the arm where yeah. you want that guillotine choke. I mean, whenever he fought on the contender series, his only loss was at the time was to Justin Gaethje. Yeah. And um, Justin Gaethje said, hey, fuck that shit. I ain't discriminating. And he went out there and beat the shit out of yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tough fight. But uh, yeah, Dana White didn't bring on because, like you said, he just was like, what happens if he gets hurt? He's like, you know how bad that looks on us? Like, and it's like, this isn't a fucking circus who, yeah. show, dude. Like, who, who else gets hurt in they're, the MMA? They're, Everybody. It, yeah. It's just, it, it made no sense to me when he said that. It's like, look, man, like, you're, if, you're, if you're thinking, I think what it was he didn't want to say is like, what are we, a fucking circus show? And it's like, it's not that at all. This guy's just saying, hey, man, I was born different, but that doesn't make me different. Yeah. You know, and I just. There's, I'm sorry. No, yeah. you're good. It's just, uh, it's just frustrating to see. It's like, man, like, he's really good, but. Um, I mean, he didn't never let it stop him. So, if anything, like, what's wrong with letting him fight in the UFC? There's another fighter, Matt Betzold. Um, mm. He's a, another amputee fighter. His legs amputated. Um, that dude fights harder than so many people. Yeah. Um, when you watch his fights, usually he's gonna win by either submission or decision by holding you there and just pounding your face in. Yeah. Um, that dude has no quit. Yeah. Uh, he trains with alpha male. 
and he's been training there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's been really cool to watch him. I have him on Facebook, and it, it's really fun to watch his fights. Again, just he has a lot of trouble getting opponents, just yep. like Nick Newell, um, and it sucks. And he's they, they're never going to make it to the UFC because of someone who doesn't believe that they should be there because they're an amputee, and I think that's kind of garbage. Yeah. So uh, for the next fight, we're uh, actually from the main card, a familiar name, uh, Aaron Pico. Yeah. We'll be fighting again. And so I'm excited to see what he does, man. Um, I like him a lot. I just wish he would mix his wrestling up more. I think I think everybody likes Aaron Pico. Yeah. Everybody's excited to see his career. They want to see him do something, but the thing is he keeps doing stuff that gets him knocked out. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, I mean, he got signed to the U- to Bellator whenever he was in high school. They saw the yeah. potential. They saw the hype with him, and they're like, no, he's going to be something special. But – he uh his first fight went in he got submitted and then he came back knocked some guys out and i think what it was is just yeah he has pretty decent boxing but he just fell in love with the knockout he loves putting people to sleep and he's paid for it and he's been knocked out cold before for it and yeah. um like that he first, has some that rough first knockouts. knockout loss he had yeah. after his uh, winning streak and it's not like dirty a, it's not like a tko knockout like he's getting knocked the fuck out and it's it starts to raise questions because like you know he's young but he's been training since for such a young age and Already now he's getting knocked out the way he is. And it's not that I think he doesn't have a chin anymore. I just think that he just, you're, you're taking a lot of damage when you shouldn't because you're not fighting very smart, you know? So, um, I mean, he has one submission win, so that's a good thing that he was using his ground game. But, uh, yeah, he's been knocked out by Henry Corrales. That was a very dirty yeah. knockout. And, uh, but, it, I mean, it came back. Even he lost his next fight by TKO. He was, um, it was by flying knee. And so he's on a three fight win streak right now. So I'm excited to see uh, how that plays out for him. He's taking on Aiden Lee. Yeah. And, I want to see him make it to the UFC. Yeah. No, um, I think he could do pretty well uh, once he gets his uh, yeah. his style together. Because I think that's what he's having issues with. He's trying to find his style. Like you said, he's kind of a grappler who fell in love with his hands, yeah. um, which happens a lot. But he's young, so he has time to figure it out and then kind of figure out how he needs to be fighting to match his skill set. Uh, so he's also uh, always fought really good fighters. Yeah, that's the downside. I mean, he made his like I said, he made his de- his MMA debut in Bellator. Yeah. Uh, the the co-main event is going to be Jason Jackson against Paul Daly. That one's going to be really exciting. Yeah, Jason Jackson, that dude is massive, um, and he's got a lot of power on him. And he's fighting Paul Daly, who's known for knocking people out. Yeah. Um. What, was, what what did Paul Daly do recently? It was like the um, his sixty third fight, sixty fourth fight of his pro career. Sixty second, sixty second. Yeah, so he's gonna be on sixty third against Jason Jackson, which is crazy to think because I mean, um, what's his name? Paul Daly's trying to wrestle now. Who would yeah, have yeah, yeah. That dude is something else. He's he used to be on the in the UFC, knocking people out left and right. Yeah. Um, Got into it with Josh Koscheck in the middle of their fight in between rounds, or was it after the third round? Uh, it's after the third round. After the third yeah, round, yeah, the fight had ended, and he sucker punched uh, Josh Koscheck. <laughs> Ran up behind him and punched him yeah. in the face. And Josh Koscheck knew it was coming too. Yeah, he, he did. He had been thro- running his mouth. He, he took him like, down and talked shit to him the whole fight. Yeah. He put on a really boring fight. He did it on purpose. I was like, God, 
And now Paul Daly's been fighting another organization, but he's had a lot of success in Bellator. Yeah. Uh, I think one of his most mo- notable wins was uh, the flying knee that he landed yeah. a while back. And it's like he covered so much distance with that thing and knocked that guy out cold. You think if um, it wasn't Josh Koscheck that Paul Daly punched, he would still be in the UFC? No. No? You don't think? No. I think what he did at that time is something that they weren't going to put up with anymore because they had so many guys pulling things like that. Yeah. They're trying to get away from that. That was the era where they're like, we need to be considered professional. Yeah. And we can't handle things like that. So we're just going to get rid of them. Um, a lot of people, I, and I mean, at that time, jo- Josh Koscheck was, he was, it wasn't the fan favorite that he became. No. So, did he become a fan favorite? Yeah. Yeah. People like Josh Koscheck, uh, they loved his him running his mouth. He became a knockout artist, uh, and then he fought GSP. Yeah, and, then and everything fell apart. Yeah, it did. So uh, for the main event, we have Douglas Lima, and he's taking on Yaroslav Armasov. Yeah, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I think Douglas Lima is gonna take it. I do too. It's it's hard to ever bet against Douglas Lima. Yeah, he's probably one of the best wheels rates that's not fighting in the UFC. But then again, you got. Uh, Yaroslav, he's 25 yeah, no. That I mean, dude is something. Yeah. I mean, um, good. He had most of his wins are by, uh, stoppage. You know, he's got nine knockout wins, uh, 10 submission wins, and then, um, six by decision. But since he's been in Bellator, I mean, he's most of them are stoppages. Um, what's that? But he's got a couple decisions inside Bellator, which I feel like that always says something, though, because it's like, okay, he took the step up in competition. He's undefeated in Bellator right now, but. Um, his decision went didn't, really didn't start taking off until he got into Bellator, and yeah. so I feel like just that seven competition kind of like changed that, you know. Yeah, that'll always happen. Um, once you go up in competition, that's yeah. why you, when you see these amateur fights, they're always like pretty wild and have crazy knockouts. Uh, but whenever they go to the UFC, I mean, look at Sage Northcutt. Yeah, you go to the UFC and it's not quite the same. Yeah. Where you go to Bellator, it's not quite the same because you're fighting guys who. You try to do wild strikes like that, and it's just not going to work yeah. on them. It happened to Sean O'Malley when he got in the yeah. once, once he got in the Contender Series, he was, how they want to say his first two fights were by decision, but then now he's knocking people out. So it takes a little while to find your footing. But uh, with Douglas Lima, I mean, like I said, he's one of the best welterweights in the world that's not fighting in the UFC. And uh, I hope to see him in the UFC one day, but I don't know. Bellator knows when they see talent. Scott Coker, is he's a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy from what I've heard fighters talk about him and he's a smart uh, promoter i don't ever think it was his fault that strike force went under yeah honestly i don't either oh. i think um strike force was just they weren't advertised very well no they were always on uh they were always on pay-per-view yeah not really pay-per-view well, but you had to have the movie channels yeah to i was about to say you had to have subscriptions to those channels to watch it because i remember we had them and i would watch them and they they just weren't talked about. Like I, yeah. I watched the very last event. It had Tim Kennedy and Luke Rockhold, mm-hmm. uh, Nate Marquardt, um, Daniel Cormier fought on that card. Like That's it was right. a stacked card. Yeah, and no one talked about it. Yeah, and it wasn't that exciting either. <laughs> they were great fights, but they weren't like wild fights. Yeah, uh, you had Tim Kennedy completely control Luke Rockhold. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Daniel Cormier who I want to say won by decision. Maybe it was a knockout. I kind of can't remember. Was that when now. he fought Josh Barnett? Was I don't think fight? so. I don't I don't think so. I would have remembered if it was Josh Barnett, but if I don't, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> um, leave me alone. 
But uh, I I know Nate Marquardt fought. I want to say Tarek Safadine, mm-hmm. or no, was it Nordin Taleb? No, you got it right the first time. Is Tarek Safadine? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And leg kicks was pretty much the story of that fight. Yeah. Um. Oh, Dion Staring was who uh, Daniel Cormier fought. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Josh Barnett did fight on that card though. Uh, great Gegard Musasi uh, fought Mar- uh, Mike Kyle on that card. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Forgot Gegard, about that one. Gegard's been doing it for a minute, dude. There's yeah, yeah there's a lot of good fights on this card. I'm yeah, it was stacked. It was crazy. Jacare Souza beat uh, Ed, Ed yeah. Herman. And uh, Ryan Couture fought. KJ he he Nunes. beat him by submission, right? Uh, decision. Decision. Yeah, Jacare. Uh, Jacare did beat him by submission. Yeah, because yeah. that, that was the first time I saw him do the little alligator hands. <laughs> um, and yeah, KJ Nunes was there. It was crazy, yeah. and no one was talking about it. And I was like, this is the last Strike Force card, and no one cares. That's how I felt whenever I watched the last WEC card. Really? Yeah. Like, no one really talked about the, it. Was that with Ben Henderson? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else fought on that? I, mean, I, I, mm, I think Dominic Cruz fought on the card. He fought on the card before. But I know that uh, whenever he fought, they, were, they crowned him UFC champion as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was a really fun card to watch. Yeah. And, but, uh, yeah, that's actually when Daniel Cormier had some re- uh, really exciting fights in Strike Force. Yeah, he did. And so I know people always consider him a boring wrestler, which he did have some fights like that. But, um, I mean, if you really think about it, not really at the same time. When I mean, you when you have the wrestling caliber that he has and you're yeah. fighting guys who have nothing but power in their hands. Because yeah. he fought a heavyweight, too. Yeah, sometimes you got to do it. Like, he fought, like, I think so, I, can, I can name a couple of his boring fights that he had in the UFC. Or what people will consider what the the person outside looking in considers boring, yeah. like his fight against Frank. The Mir casual was, fans, you can say yeah, on the casuals. Those darn casuals. Yeah, like like okay, like his Frank his Frank Mir fight was boring. His yeah. uh, Roy Nelson fight was pretty boring. But then when he beat the shit out of Patrick Cummins, his fights with Alexander Gustafsson, his fights with Steve, all of his three fights with Stipe Miocic. Um, his second fight with John Jones was a good fight up yeah. until the head kick and. Both those fights with Anthony Johnson were good. Those were good. Yeah. Um, I mean, his fight against Derek Lewis was kind of boring because he didn't want to stand up with Derek Lewis. And I, he even said, he's like, that motherfucker hits too hard. Like, I'm not going to stand <laughs> up with that guy. Uh, his Vulcan o- Ozdemir fight was a good performance by him. Um, I mean, he showed both that he has hands and he can strike now. Well, he can strike and he can wrestle in um, his fights against D- D- Dan Henderson. Was That was a good fight. He threw Dan Henderson around all night. Dude, some of those takedowns and slams were wild. Yeah, he threw Dan Henderson like a Up child. Up in the air, man. It was yeah. crazy. Multiple times. But, yeah, back to the card, though. Anyway, uh, well, we, we're pretty much done with the Bellator card. Yeah, uh, but, um, yeah, I think Douglas Sims is going to chop the shit out of his leg kicks. Yeah, I think but, he's going to control the fight, and the second he gets Yaroslav guessing, yeah. he's going to knock him yeah. out. But that's what I was going to say is uh, I don't see him coming to the UFC unless he feels no. like it. Um, my my thing is when you're making the money you're making over there and yeah. you're the king over there, mm-hmm. why leave? Yeah. If there's no incentive to leave unless you're just uh, this otherworldly competitor where you want to leave just to make a point. Um, and I know that there are a lot of people like that. It, that's kind of the mindset it takes to become a champion. Yeah. But – I just don't get. I know Michael Page is talking about leaving soon, and if yeah. Lima doesn't give him that shot, you know, yeah, he's probably gonna leave. And I hope he does. Yeah, because I I think he may like we had talked about a little bit before. I I think he makes a uh, for a lot of good matchups in the UFC. So, yeah. So uh, moving on to the Saturday's card, the um, card that I'm very excited for. Yeah. It's a very exciting UFC card. Yeah. Um. So starting off, the headline of the prelims is gonna be Drew Dober taking on Brad Riddell. 
Uh, Drew Dober's been around for since 2013 in the UFC. He's an exciting fighter. I mean, he likes to go out there and he grinds. He just he just likes to fight. Then you have Brad Riddell. He's a training partner with Israel Adesanya. He trains with their city kickboxing, and he has great stand-up. Um, so it's going to be a really fun fight to watch. I wish this fight was honestly on the main card. But um, it's just it's just going to be all around a good fight. Yeah, the, the prelims are pretty stacked for yeah. that card. I mean, there's a couple um, names I forgot to bring up right before I said that. Too. Yeah, I was about to say there there were fights we were wanting to talk about before, and it's Eric Anders and Darren Stewart. That fight was a no contest due to an illegal strike from the, the last time that they fought. Yeah. Um. So they're getting that rematch, and I'm pretty happy about that. I really like Derek. Er, I really like Eric Anders. Um. I don't think he. I, I just I like the way he fights. I like mm. the way he approaches it. Um. It's very aggressive, but it's yeah. not stupid. Yeah, but I think he's got to work on a lot of things. Yeah, he does. Uh, I'm so. I, I mean, I don't know. I would like to see him fight at the top one day. I think he's working on it. His fight with Tiago Santos was fun. Yeah. Um, he took that fight on very very short notice and it looked, showed. just exhausted himself. It showed. Yeah. He um, he was about to die. I know he wanted to go up to. He's actually fighting again at light heavyweight, and yeah. I wish he would say at middleweight. I think he's I think perfect he, at middleweight. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely more fit at middleweight. Yeah. Um, if the weight cut is killing him i get it but see mike dolce yeah yeah see mike dolce um uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure mike dolce would love to work with him um but yeah i think uh, i wish he would say middle i think he's perfect for middleweight uh when he goes up to light heavyweight he's just a lot smaller than some of these guys you yeah. know it's crazy i think this guy's a former college football player he played for alabama under yeah. nick saban and he's just um he's just a smaller dude and i would like to see him just have more success at middleweight i think that's where most of the success was at as well i so, agree uh, another fight is going to be Lauren Murphy and, and Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood. I love Joanne Calderwood. I love watching her fight. Um, but Lauren Murphy's uh, repping Houston, so I got to go with Lauren Murphy. Uh, she's training at at Main Street Muay Thai, so she's going to do really well. Yeah. I think uh, she's made a lot of claims lately um, about like people ducking her. I think she's right. I think she's making a rise right now. Um, and Joanne Calderwood is too. Both of them feel that they should be given a title shot if they win, but, you know, they're going to keep working if they don't. Yeah. So it's it sucks right now to be an, a, a female fighter because <laughs> the champions are all so freaking good. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think win this fight and win another one. And yeah. then pro- you'll probably get it. Joanne Calderwood especially because I think she's been on a longer win streak than Lauren Murphy. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but either way, I think that one's going to be a really fun fight. That might be fight of the night. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, both those girls just love to fight, man. And I think they're going to go in there. They're going to do just that. So we've only seen Lauren uh, Murphy lose once in their last five. Yeah, and, so, and I was uh, going to see our, see Jari Eubanks who yeah. – I don't know, man. She had a big surge and then stopped. Yeah. Uh, I think what it is with her, she doesn't like cutting weight. She's just too big. Uh, I think she's at Bantam weight now. I think it's her best bet. Um, but, yeah, man, I think that's going to be one of the best fights on the card. But, I mean, it's hard because this whole card's yeah. super exciting. The the early prelims yeah. is going to have Chase Hooper, Alexis Davis, and Jake Collier. Those are some really fun fights to watch. I'm excited for Chase Hooper's career. Yeah. Like, well, he's like 20, 21. Something like that. Yeah. He's, so, he's he's learning how to stand up now. Yeah. Yeah. He's so. he's so fun to watch. Um uh, I think he's very talented as a wrestler. 
Um, and he's just a funny dude. Yeah. Super goofy. Uh, ben Askren's son. Yeah. So what's it called? Yeah, he's just a fun guy to watch. But, yeah, so the Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell fight. I don't know how this fight goes down. I think Brad Riddell just has the better stand-up for him. Yeah, uh, I think so too. And um, Drew Dober's a grinder, though, man. He doesn't quit. I mean, we saw him lose to Islam Makachev, but he was getting dominated that whole fight. Yeah, at this point, who hasn't? Yeah, and um, Islam Makachev is an animal. I mean, yeah. you you think uh, Khabib was crazy, dude. Like, just as just a bear, you go watch Islam Makachev. That's his cousin. Imagine Khabib with a good stand-up, you know? So that's... <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, well, you, you you don't have to imagine you got it. You know, so look at that right hand. Yeah, and so we see. Uh, but I think uh, Brad Riddell's gonna take that one. Yeah, I did too. I think I got him by knockout on that one. I mean, but we, I mean, Drew Dober, if he tries to take him down, though, we'll definitely see how that goes. How because all those guys over there they, uh, at City Kickboxing, they all have great takedown defense because they love to stand up. Yeah, it's not easy taking any of those guys down. So we're definitely gonna see. But um, yeah, so moving on to the main card. Where the first fight's going to be Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill. That'll be a really good one. Uh, I got I got Paul Craig by submission. He's just, he's just too good on the ground, man. Yeah. I think uh, Jamal Hill has some great stand-up. And I think uh, I think he's coming in this fight. He has a better stand-up than Paul Craig. Paul Craig's a grinder, does. though. What's that? He definitely does. Yeah. And uh, so Paul Paul, uh, Paul, uh, Felder. Uh, Paul Craig, has he's a grinder, though, man. So he's going to come in there. He's going to take it to... Uh, Jamal Hill, but I mean, how quick does he get that to the ground? That's the question, you know. Yeah, I think um, I think if it ever if it does get to the ground, um, Jamal Hill doesn't have a lot of experience on the ground. He just doesn't typically fight on the ground, uh, and then Paul Craig does. He's yeah. a great jujitsu fighter. That dude's got amazing jujitsu. So if it ever goes to the ground. Paul Craig all the way. Yeah. So. And I think at some point it's going to go to the ground because I don't, I, I feel like Jamal Hill hasn't fought a jiu-jitsu guy like Paul Craig who gets creative with his mm-hmm. takedowns and trips. <clears throat> gets creative with his takedowns and trips. Uh, so I, I think I think Hill's going to end up having some difficulty dealing yeah. with the feet of Paul Craig mm-hmm. when they clinch up because I'm sure at some point they're going to clinch up. Yeah. Um, it's going to be hard. Jamal Hill's a big dude, so getting in on his strikes is going to be hard, but I think Paul Craig can get it done. I think he gets the submission. I think uh, I would like to see Paul Craig win, but I think Jamal Hill knocks him out. Um, yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a little, little bit of devil's advocate. Um, so uh, Jamal Hill's last fight was a TKO win over Ovin St. Prue, which that guy is kind of known for his Von Flu truck. He takes people down, and that's what he does. But uh, I know that Ovin's isn't the same fighter that he used to be, but... I think Jamal Hill definitely goes in there. He's able to defend the takedowns, and he just puts his hands on him and gets a knockout in that fight. So, in the next fight is going to be Damian Maya in his final fight on his re- on his contract, and he has he announced that he's retiring, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be against Bilal Muhammad. Muhammad's pretty upset he's not getting the Leon Edwards rematch. Yeah, but he said he's happy to fight Damian Maya. That's a big deal to him. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. I just don't see Damian Maya winning this fight. I think Bilal Muhammad's wrestling is fantastic, so I think he's going to be able to hold off Damian Maya's submissions. Um, and if it stays standing at all, but I think Bilal's got better hands for sure. Yeah. So I think he's going to get it done by knockout. And so um, we've seen 
We haven't seen Damian Maya back since he lost to Gilbert Burns. We got knocked yeah. out by him. And um, I mean, Damian Maya, he can take damage. He's very durable, but it's starting to kind of give out. Uh, Gilbert Burns is like a fucking truck, though. Like, you'd never expect it from a guy who is as well-versed in jiu-jitsu as he is. But uh, I think, like you said, I have to agree. I think it's, it's just Bilal Muhammad's time. I would love to see Damian Maya go out on a submission win, find a career. You know, I think that would be just a perfect ending to his story. But uh, Bilal Muhammad, with his win, he'll finally break into the top 10. I think he is a good fighter. I think there are things he has to work on. Like, he wants this rematch against Leon Edwards. And I understand his frustrations and being upset by not getting that fight. But Leon Edwards was not – it wasn't exactly a competitive fight. Yeah, he was winning that fight, and he was getting better each round. Yeah. So you were falling away in that fight. Um, He's looked good since, but – there's just only so much you can do, you yeah. know. And so, um, yeah, I think this fight will definitely help out um, Bilal Muhammad finally break into the top ten. He needs it. I think he's at the perfect age to go in there and do it. He has plenty of experience in the UFC. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I think, I don't know if Bilal is able to stop him, though, but he is a grinding fighter like all these yeah. other top fighters. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go probably Bilal Muhammad by decision. The next fight's going to be um, the Leon Edwards and yeah. Nate Diaz fight. That one, I've expressed my thoughts about it <laughs> uh, several times. Uh, so hopefully we actually get to see it this time. Uh, I just I don't see Nate Diaz having the advantage in this fight. Um, if he does anywhere, I think it'd be on the ground. Yeah. Um, but I don't see either of these guys going for a takedown. No, I see them standing up the entire fight unless yeah. Leon Edwards wants to take it to the ground. Yeah, just to throw it Diaz off, um, yeah. keep him guessing, try to get him to have his hands low. Um, but I think both of these guys are kind of slow starters. So I think the first few rounds we'll see them throwing their punches, yep. getting their range, figuring things out. But I think where Leon Edwards is going to take it is he's going to be landing leg kicks early on. Yeah. Um, and Nate Diaz... He doesn't throw a lot of leg kicks. No. So. He started checking them finally. Yeah. Yeah. He's got past couple bites. He started checking the leg kick. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, another thing to mention, too, that this is going to be a five-round fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a five-round fight. Um, I don't I'm sure maybe something came about it with, um, with you know, Nate Diaz wanting a fight. And so. Yeah. And it was originally it was supposed to headline the fight, the uh, card that was here in Houston. Yeah. Um, that didn't go through. And then they added the Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira fight. Yeah. So I don't know if they're just saying, hey, we promised you guys a big fight. We're going to give you one. I don't mm-hmm. know what the deal is with it. It was the co-main on that card, and they were going to make it five rounds. So just because it's Nate Diaz, that's why they want to do it. I'm sure that Leon Edwards agreed to it because he um, he was already preparing for a five-round fight and never got to have it. Well, it, so. like I said, it was supposed to be the main event for that card, yeah. and then they added the Charles Oliveira one. So they got they got like bumped down, Yeah. Um, and then they the whole fight got scrapped because – Leon Edwards, right? Uh, Nate Diaz had a back injury. Oh, that's yeah. right. The first time he had ever been injured in his entire yeah, career. To or that, the full, that first that time he ever pulled out. out. So I think that yeah. depending on like what what how severe the injury was to uh, Nate Diaz has gone into fights with blown knees, knee injuries, and stuff like that. Like he's known for still fighting injured because he doesn't like to stop. So I don't know how severe that back injury must have been for him to say, "Hey, I can't make that fight," for, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, Leon Edwards is just going to go in there, and put on a technical match against him. He's not going to play into his. And so Nate Diaz is brawling, brawling style. Um, I think Leon Edwards is just too smart and too athletic to do something like that. 
Uh, I think it's just going to be more of a chess match by Leon Edwards, but I think Nate Diaz is going to have his moments where he makes it into a fight. But I don't see him, um, it's weird saying it, but I don't see him gassing out Leon Edwards, and that's what he does is he tires yeah. out fighters. Uh, I think Leon Edwards showed in his fight against Bilal Muhammad, you know, why he's top three in the, the division or top five. So I think uh, Leon Edwards is going to go. I think he stops him, honestly. Yeah. And that was one of uh, Nate Diaz's things was that he was so durable. Yeah. Um, but we've seen him getting stopped yeah. lately. Uh, yeah. The first one was Josh Thompson with that head kick. Um, and since then, he's been stopped like twice. Mm, I know one was a doctor stoppage. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of that. Too. Yeah. But we'll see. It'll be a really good fight. I know that much. Um, and then after that, we got the rematch of Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. I'm pretty upset that no one's talking about this fight. Yeah. Um, I think it's just because Figueredo is so good. Yeah. And people just expect it to be shorter than the last one. I don't think it's going to be shorter, though. You don't think so? No, I don't. I really don't. And uh, I know Figueredo said he had food poisoning the day before the fight, but... Um, even there, like, I really don't play into that too much. You know, um, I think what it was is just he bit off more than he could chew. He called for Brian and Moreno and then headlined the next card after, you know, like it was, they fought, it was November 2020 whenever uh, Figueredo defended the title for the first time. He de- defeated um, Alex, excuse me, Alex Perez by guillotine. And then he went on and was like, hey, um, Brian Moreno deserves the title shot. I want him next month. Because I forgot who was headlining that card, but they fell out. And, so he uh, he stepped up and they both took the fight on a month's notice, and I just think what it was is just he bit off a little more than he could chew. He's he's a big guy. He's missed weight a couple of times. Yeah, he's a he's a big flyweight, and I think Moreno just went in there and just showed him, you know, hey, I'm a lot better than you thought I was gonna be. And um, I think all around as a um, martial artist, I think uh, Davison Figueroa has the advantage in that. But it comes down to putting it in action. He does it very well. But I think Brandon Moreno just brings that dog out of him. And doesn't really fall into what he wants him to do. I think I'm sure yeah. Davison Figueredo wants a submission win because uh, Brandon Randall is good on the ground. He has great submissions, but I don't know. What's your thoughts? I feel like Figueredo's a he's gotten better. He gets mm-hmm. better every single fight. Yeah. Um, having a close fight is just going to make him better because yeah. he's going to learn a lot from it. And he's shown that he is the kind of fighter who will learn a lot from adversity. Yeah. Uh, so I think having odds, stacking odds against himself by having uh, such a short turnaround mm-hmm. against someone like Brandon Moreno, uh, I think Figueredo is going to look a lot better this time. So I do kind of go with the uh, the general the general um, view of how that prediction of that fight. I think Figueredo is going to finish it a little earlier. Uh, I just think he's going to be more prepared this time. I think I don't think he was prepared last time. Mm-hmm. I don't really give a crap if he says he had food food poisoning or not. Uh, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Yeah. But I think he just wasn't prepared. Sure, I hope you cut weight, if anything. What? You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think I think um, whether he whether he was prepared for Moreno or not. Yeah. He went out there and he won his fight. Yeah. However, he had to. Um, but I think that. I just don't think that Moreno is as good of a fighter as Figueredo is. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Figueredo is going to show that. Uh, the first fight made you think Moreno is, could be as good as Figueredo. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen this time. Yeah. I honestly feel like uh, Moreno is going to pull off the upset. 
I think he's gonna. I, I don't think he finishes him though. I think he's gonna get a decision win over him. Well, I think if Moreno wants to win, I think he has to finish him. Yeah, that's the hard part too. Is you know, whenever you want the belt, you have to finish a champ. Yeah, you know, unless you have a performance like Kamaru Usman against Tyron Woodley, which yeah. I mean, when's the last time you've seen a champ dominated like that all five rounds? I mean, Dominic Cruz versus um, what's his name, um, Cody Garbrandt. So it's just it's not something you really see. Yeah, I just. I just think Figueredo is the real deal, and Brandon Moreno is an amazing fighter. But I think that's kind of it. Yeah. I think that's the story of that fight. So, yeah, if Brandon Moreno wants to win, I think he has to finish it. Because if you go all five rounds with Figueredo, you're not going to get better as the fight goes. Because er, Figueredo is going to pick you apart. Hey, man, he kicked him in the dick because he knew he was losing that fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was intentional. That was a very intentional cup shot. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, that's, who, that's I feel like Moreno's going to take that one. So, well, I got Figueredo. What's it? Take him. I said I got Figueredo. Take him. Go ahead. I'm, I can't wait to uh, win all these XP points on Brandon Moreno. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Verdict MMA. Download it. Play some bets. Not sponsored. So, yeah, we're not sponsored. Should be, but we're not. It'd be cool if we were. But yeah, it would be cool, Verdict, yeah, if, we, if we were. You know, I mean, I've been following you for a while. Can we tag them in that? Do they have uh, any socials? Oh, yeah. They're on all. Really? Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. We'll be reaching out. <laughs> so uh, on to the main event. Uh, we have a rematch with uh, Spaghetti Man. Spaghetti Man. Uh, Marvin Vittori taking on the champ uh, Israel Stylebender Adesanya. I think this is a really good fight. It's um, a great fight. I I think everyone is counting out Marvin Vittori, and I don't know why. You shouldn't. Um, he's got great boxing. He's got great power he's very strong but he's also an, a great grappler he's he's yeah. shown that his wrestling is very good uh so he's got great submissions he was able to stand in there with jack hermanson and go everywhere the fight went and still be in control of the fight yeah. that's a hard thing to do in itself um so i think if if he gets this ground game this fight to the ground um, I think Adesanya's in trouble for Which, sure. I think it's possible he got him to the yeah. ground the first fight. The first fight, Adesanya won by split decision, and um, it could have went either way that fight. It was, but Adesanya just had that little bit of the edge over him in that fight. Yeah, and with Adesanya coming in I, at the time, it was three years ago when they last fought, and Adesanya was just ahead of the game at the time. And I think in those three years, um, Marvin Vittori hasn't lost since then. Yeah, I was and, about to say, I think. That's one of those uh, situations where a loss is what helps you become who you are. Yeah, and I think that loss shaped him up a little bit. Um, but while we've seen Adesanya kind of be ahead of the curve, we've seen people starting to catch up to him now. Yeah. Now they see who the champion is. They have all this time to study over him. Especially with that loss to Jan. Yeah. I think that loss to Jan showed that if you're bigger and stronger and you can take him down, yeah. uh, take him to deep waters, he won't be able to handle it. And um, Yeah, I think he's able to do it. Um, with that, with after, especially after watching that fight, I mean, Jan fell for a lot of feints, but I think he knew not to just give in to anything and create an opening for Adesanya. Because um, especially in that first round, he was punching a lot from those feints. And yeah. I think he was just, I'd rather just move out of the way than just in case he throws something. Yeah. And um, I think Adesanya, he just, he has a pretty decent gas tank. He's gone all five rounds. Well, his five round fight with uh, Kelvin Gaslam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they threw they fought, dude. They just they completely just left it all in there. Yep. But that that fight is one I had in mind when I made my prediction, uh, which was I'm picking Vittori by knockout. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I need to go make it to like a later round. <laughs> I think I have it in the third round, but I think it's going to be like fourth or fifth. It's possible though. Um, you know? cause I think Adesanya is going to come out and he's going to look good in the yeah. first round for sure. He's going to look good. Um, and I think Vittoria is going to push him up against the cage and make him second guess things. He's going to have to try to grind, grind him out, mm-hmm. uh, tire him out a little bit to give him the opening later in the round to get the knockout. But I think early in the rounds, earlier in the, in the fight, he needs to go for takedowns. Probably not going to get him. Yeah. Adesanya has great takedown defense. He's not going to get him. But if you hold him up against cage or you get him down and make him work to get back up. Yeah. Cause I do think he'll get back up. Uh, early in the fight you'll tire him out and eventually he's going to start worrying about those takedowns and i think once he does start worrying about those takedowns it's going to give vittoria an opening for his hands especially if he gets him down early it's yeah gonna, it's he's gonna know shit like that wasn't supposed to happen yeah and uh it's pretty i mean it's really no secret at all what marvin is going to want to do he's going to want to go there he's going to get in his face he's going to take him down you know, you know marvin's shown really great um just a strong top game whenever he went up against um, Kel- Holland. Uh, Holland. Yeah. I mean, he was able to keep Holland down the whole time. And it's the same exact body type. So, if anything, and we, I mean, I'm not surprised he beat Kevin Holland at all. But yeah. uh, if anything, that probably helped to give him some more kind of experience going into this Adesanya fight because uh, Adesanya and Holland are built the same. Very long, kind of skinny, you know, of uh, long fighters and. Uh, I'm sure Adesanya's going to be a lot harder to take down than yeah, Kevin I think, Holland. I think Adesanya uses his range better than Holland does yeah. uh, just because of his striking style. I feel like he's a little bit more dynamic than um, Kevin Holland. For sure. Um, Holland's more explosive. Adesanya's mm-hmm. quicker. Um, so I think, yeah, I think he's going to need to get takedowns, but I don't think he's going to get them early. I think he's going to push for him and eventually he he will get one but i think adesanya will get up but um like i said i think he's gonna have to grind him out and yeah. get adesanya guessing whenever or second guessing himself whenever he's throwing those takedowns and i think he's gonna end up knocking him out with his hands yeah it's gonna uh i don't think he knocks him out honestly i'm gonna go with the underdog though so i'll be honest gonna... i don't think he knocks him out either but that's what i'm hoping <laughs> I, I i feel like um Honestly, man, and like it's just one of those things where it's like Adesanya has shown he's untouchable, but like we said, just that Yan fight just showed a lot of things that it's like, okay, those things are susceptible, you know? Well, that's why I say that I kept the Kelvin Gastelum fight in mind. I don't know why no one ever... Because he is you, not untouchable. Yeah, I don't know why no one ever talks about that or uses the kind of... He what, got hit what, a lot. No one ever uses what... Um, what Kelvin Gaslam did in that fight against them. Yeah. You know, guys go in there like fucking Paulo Costa. He went in there and he just got beat up. And yeah. You have to take the fight to him. It's yeah. just like with Anderson. Yeah. Um, people tried to take it to him while being kind of distance. Yeah. Like, no, you got to get up in there and beat him. Like who, um, who did a great job at that? Chel Sonnen did a good Chel job. Chel Sonnen, at Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman. Yeah. Um, I think you're with right. You're right. Hall. I was like, <laughs> I also your favor. Good old favor, the middleweight. Yeah, yeah, he was. It's big. that fucking chin, bro. That shit's double cheeked <laughs> up. Like, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think Vittori. I think people are underestimating his hands. Yeah. Um, I think I might be. I like I said, I don't think he's gonna go in there and get the knockout. Yeah. I don't. But even though I just said this whole explanation as to how I think it's gonna go down, <laughs> um, I I do think that's what can happen. And if it's going to happen, that's how it's going to happen. But, kind 
Yeah. I feel like I feel like people are un, are underestimating his hands for sure. I feel like also though with Marvin, he fights with his hands low and his chin high a lot. Yeah, you know, he, that's true. He goes in there swinging like that, and that's some for somebody like Adesanya. He doesn't like Adesanya very much, and um, I mean, he's he's good at not getting too emotional in the fights. I think what it is, he just knows if I play it smart, I can just let it all out right now. Yeah, and um, but yeah, I think he goes in there and. It's hard because I could see Adesanya knocking him out by like by him pushing forward, you know, like pretty much, like almost like a double punch that he does when he pushes forward towards him. And it's it's one of those things where it's it's hard not to picture it, just like with Conor McGregor. Yeah, it's it or Anderson Silva. It's hard not to picture it because we've seen it time and time again. Yeah, that it's so easy to picture it, especially like whenever you have like a, his knockout against um, Derek Brunson. Yeah, because Derek Brunson was going for a takedown, and he caught a knee right to the face. And that's and that's what I'm saying. I, I think Vittori's going to have to. He's going to have to not try to get the takedowns, but he's going to have to get him up against the cage and tire him out. And then eventually he'll get one. Like I said, and I, I think it, the second you get that one, then you'll start having him guessing, and you. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm expecting Adesanya to win, but uh, my pick though is going to be um, Vittori by submission. Uh, probably like, I like that pick. second round, second round. I don't think it's going to be second round, man. I think, I mean, it could be, but yeah, I feel like that's going to be a late one. Um, no, nah, I'm going second round, man. I think he just, uh, what's it called? He'll, he'll still be kind of dry. He'll go in there and get a, what's it called? I'm going to say probably I just, oof, rear naked choke. Rear naked? Yeah. Dang. Choke. How bad do you think, uh, Adesanya is on the ground? What's that? How bad do you think Adesanya is on the ground? Not bad at all. I just think Marvin Torres is better on the ground than him. Well, I do too, but yeah. rear, rear naked? You think yeah. Adesanya gives him his back? Yep. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. He doesn't train, he doesn't, he doesn't train uh, with those Russian gangsters, bro. Those Russian gangsters don't give up their fucking back. They don't. You ever watch them get up? I don't know, man. That shit's crazy. I feel like Adesanya is better than that. Train with American wrestlers, man. American wrestlers give up their neck all the time. Give their neck, but not... Yeah. Not very naked. They 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 um. They want to give them give them their back. Yeah, they give their back. Oh, yeah. I thought you said neck. That too. Oh no homo, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I think Vittoria takes it by submission though. But if Adesanya goes in there and knocks that dude out, I won't be surprised. I'm yeah. Like, yep. I mean, fuck. What do you expect? That's that's definitely a fight where almost any um, outcome is not going to be very surprising. Just because those guys are so talented and so capable anywhere the fight yeah. goes. I think a submission would be pretty unexpected, though. For Vittori or for Adesanya? Both. I think if Vittori gets a submission, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Because if he gets him to the ground, he's got the advantage on the ground. So I think that's not a surprise. If Adesanya gets a submission, I'd be like, dang, man, chill out. He has good ground game. He doesn't lack on the ground. I can't remember him being on the ground. <laughs> No one can get him down, but I think middleweight's his perfect division, though. I think. Oh, uh, definitely. I think it was way too soon for him to move up and fight somebody like. Have no business which, going up. No, not at all. Class, man. Um, the belt could have been defended already, but he was, yeah. he was being a kind of a picky asshole about it, honestly, and then shitting on Robert Whitaker, who just every time he calls out Robert Whitaker, it's always when he's coming off of a fight. Yeah, I think it's kind of bitch made, honestly. I think it's really fucked up. This guy goes out there and puts on great fights and says, oh, yeah, well, I want Robert Whitaker again. It's like you just saw him bust up his hands and his shins. He's kind of beaten up a little bit, and now you want to fight him in two months? Come and what on, what sucks is Savatori does beat Adesanya. Yeah. They're going to give Adesanya a rematch. Yeah. And Whitaker's going to have to keep waiting. Yeah. That 
sucks, man. I'm sure he's okay with it at the same time, though. I'm, I'm sure, sure he is, too, yeah. but he doesn't have a whole lot longer. The way that he sees life, I think he's yeah. not going to fight forever. I think yeah. he's got a few more fights. I think he's got more than just a few. I'll probably say, like, if he, If he gets the championship, yeah. yeah. I, I think he'll. I, th- I think he'll. He'll want to defend it a few times. I think Robert Whittaker beats Marvin Vittori. I think so too. Yeah, and um, not like I, I. don't know if he knocks him out, but I think he pieces up Marvin Vittori. Yeah, because Marvin Vittori pushes think, too forward. I think he'd that fight would go a lot like the um, Whittaker Gastelum fight. Yeah, and uh, I think he would piece him up, but then, I mean, Adesanya and Whittaker are gonna have to run it back eventually. Yeah, you know, uh, as much as. Like they kind of try to push the narrative that Robert Whitaker doesn't want to fight him. He does want to fight him, and I think in the rematch, Robert Robert Whitaker will do a lot better in that fight. Um, oh yeah, I think know. so too. I think I think Robert Whitaker has what's capable has is capable of beating Adesanya, and Adesanya is very very good. It's not a knock on him at all. I mean, I think he's gonna go down as one of the best middleweights to ever do it. But that's a hard weight division to. Yeah. Make a name in, but that, he's that definitely doing it. The division's only gotten better and better. Like when Anderson yeah. did it, like Anderson, it's it's you know you're always going to compare it to him because I mean he was the best middleweight of all time. Of all time, but and you, you got know, Vitor. yeah, it's like you can name the guys that he's beat, but I mean they're just some of them are just okay at the same time. When he beat Travis Luter, Travis Luter was good, but I mean Anderson's well, supposed to beat him. You know, it's just like you have there. Think about all the talented guys that were in middleweight. Yeah, who were real good, but because of the champion, because of the top couple of guys, yeah. there's just nothing they could do about Maybe it. Patrick Cote. Patrick Cote was great. Yeah, but he's just he too looked, one-dimensional. He looked, he looked amateur against Anderson. Yeah, I mean it's like it's kind of like with uh, Demetrius Johnson. You yeah. know, it's like you know you look at his win streak. People call him the greatest of all time, but look at who he fought. Well, I'm not saying yeah. it's a knock on who he fought. Yeah, I'm saying those were the best people at he could yeah, have yeah, been fighting, and that's what I'm saying. It's but exactly they themselves are so good; they make them look not good. Yeah. So when you look at those guys and think, "Well, look who he fought; they weren't that good," it's not that they weren't that good; it's that he made them look that bad that you thought they weren't good. Yeah. And like I, I mean, it's just, it's the same thing with like I was saying with Demetrius Johnson. Like whenever he fought, everyone's like, "Who is this guy? Who is he fighting?" It's like they're good fighters. He's just good. They're the best there is right now. Yeah. He's just better. And I think the flyweight division is kind of since he's left, uh, it's taken a diff- completely different. It's turn. gotten much better since he left. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah there's actual like, like fights. People want to tune in to watch. Yeah, I think now. I think flyweight was just such a new division. They didn't have guys who knew how to be in flyweight yet. Uh, but now they they're finding more natural flyweights because before they had a bunch of guys who had to move down. Yeah. Um, like Ian Ian McCall, Demetrius Johnson, Jod Dotson. They had just moved down, so I think now people have kind of figured out how to be a flyweight. Yeah. Well, Ian McCall was always a flyweight. He, he was. He wasn't he, he? He did fight a bantamweight for a little yeah. bit, but coming in, he was kind of supposed to be. He, they, like, he was, everyone thought he was gonna be champion, and he almost Could, was. He almost was. He yeah. Almost technically was. was supposed to be. Yeah. He, he, uh, he won. They run the. They they read the scorecards completely yeah. wrong, and they're supposed to be a third round. Um. But yeah, then after the, he he came in, and I think um, that's when Demetrius Johnson Johnson started training full time was after yeah. that fight, and um, after they just got this crap beat out. But I think with Ian McCall, like his 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 scary uh, his story, excuse me, his story of cutting down the flyweight when he kept trying to do it was pretty scary. Yeah, he would not stop having seizures once he was finally make uh, one twenty five. Um, I just think his body just couldn't do that cut anymore, and it just happens, you know, and. Uh, he had a lot of health issues, and if, I think he finally retired, though. But, yeah. yeah, he was supposed to be, like, the face of the flyweight division, and it didn't work out. 
What a face that would have been, too. Yeah, Uncle Creepy. Uncle Creepy with the weird mustache. Yeah, with that curly Q mustache. So He was great. He was, man. I wish he would have had more successful run in the UFC. So, but, yeah. That'll so. be the UFC 263 card. Um, like we said, PFL is going to be exciting. Bellator is going to be exciting. And UFC is going to be exciting. Um, as far as news that's gone around, um, Overeem has, Alistair Overeem has signed with Glory Kickboxing. So he's going back to his kickboxing roots. I think he's going to do really well. I think that's a perfect move for him. If you're not going to retire, go do kickboxing again. And it puts it in the fight where he's best known at. I mean, the guy's a Dutch kickboxer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, his Dutch kickboxer, they're very well known for their kickboxing over there. And it's just going to make him more comfortable. It's like, okay, now I can kind of do what I want to do. I start juicing again. Excuse me, eating horse (laughs) meat again. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure Glory's pretty strict about their uh, drug tests, but um, oh. uh, I don't know. We'll see. Sometimes man. I don't know, man. They have some people who looking pretty yoked. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna see Ubrim come back. I swear, if he talks about coming back to the fucking UFC again, I'm gonna be like, nah. Dude. He won't. Dana White wouldn't let that happen. Yeah, because you're gonna see him be like, that motherfucker is probably has a like testosterone of a young bull. Like, no, he's not doing that shit. So, uh, but yeah, man, I think it's best if he wants to keep competing. That's probably gonna be his best bet is fighting over there. And um, I don't know if he can like withstand some of the, the things he's gonna be doing over there. But then again, it's like if he can do it, then do it. You know. Yeah. Um, I wish he would, would retire. Every time he gets knocked out, they're very vicious knockouts. Like I mean, I've uh, he I remember when he fought Naganu. I thought Naganu killed him. Dude, that one was rough. I legitimately like you can ask Jake. I looked at Jake. I was like, he's fucking dead. Like he killed him. Like like there's no way the head looks like bend. he broke his neck, man. Yeah, I was like, there's no way your neck just like bends back that fucking far. Well, I it mean, does, but it's not it's supposed to. Old that. '80s movies made us think that it doesn't. Yeah. Old and '80s so, movies made us think you can go up behind someone and twist their head real thanks quick. Steve and... Cronenberg, <laughs> fucking taught me wrong, but. Yeah, man, so um, <laughs> we're just going to – hopefully, if, if if it doesn't work out for him, though, I think it's just his time to call it a career. Yeah, I but, think he will. He'll probably stay on as at a gym some yeah. – at, at his gym. I wouldn't want to join that fucking guy. I heard he's an asshole. Yeah, well, yeah. he'll Good. just push you, man. I guarantee you, no, fuck that. No, nah, yeah, he's known to go pretty hard, but yeah. – And I'm sure once he also, retires, he'll be back on It's also overing. He'll, he'll probably be back on TRT, guaranteed, if he retires – I don't know if he's not competing. I don't think he would. Well, I mean, he's gotten he's got a dad bod now, so just hanging out now. His dad bod's a different kind of dad bod. Well, though. he's like six fucking five. I'm yeah. sure it is. <laughs> like he's a pro fighter. Uh, he's still in good shape. He can still. go. He just don't have those traps. No, he doesn't have the traps anymore. Um, but yeah. Oh, one of the things I was gonna talk about though was uh, Nate Diaz has always been pretty susceptible to elbows, and Leon Edwards has a really good elbow off the break. Yeah. Anytime you ever clutch up a break with a break with him, I mean, I think it's gonna be a pretty bloody fight. So I hope, I'm hoping so. Yeah, it's gonna be a good fight, but yeah. So more news: our buddy Carlos Nava making his uh, pro boxing debut this Saturday. Yep, over in Galveston. Um, he we had him on the show last week, the week before. We had him on the show. Um, we're really excited to get to see his pro debut. Um, his opponent's zero and one, like he had said. Yeah, Roberto Pina. And we're definitely hoping he's going to go in there and get the knockout. He'll be an early fight on the card. Um, so general admission is like $38. Everybody yeah. can go get a ticket. Check him out. June yeah. 12th in Galveston. LT Gray. Do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to finally see him fight. I've seen 
did see one of his amateur fights and he has such good footwork yeah like, it's he, crazy man watching his it. footwork is great his hand speed is great he he brings a lot to the table as a boxer um yeah. and i i think his uh his idea of seeing it and trying to adapt all styles into one style i think that's yeah. really cool yeah it's almost like uh, like a martial artist mindset you know yeah so it's like he's just throwing it in there he just wants to go in there have a good time and he's predicting a he's predicting a knockout for this fight so i'm excited to see this is my first fight watching him live so i'm hoping we can go in there and see that yeah and then we'll have um the whole issue with dana white and paulo costa dana white has now responded and kind of called out paulo costa told him if you wanted more money should have been a should have started a youtube channel when you were 13 <laughs> so uh yeah man i mean i i don't know um if it was any other situation like okay look at dana white and john jones john jones says i want more money and you kind of can't deny him the more money because yeah. he's winning which is why he's still it's why dana white's not talking crap to john jones yeah. he's just saying like dude come on like that's literally all he's doing yeah, is just like that's way too hey, much man. money hey man come on but what do you want from me? Is it isn't it some shit though that when Dana White says, "Well, he said he wants thirty million for the for a fight," and well, that's gonna be all the pay per view points, and it's like, well, you mean to tell me that uh, it's gonna be all the pay per view points and all the fighters share that? It's like, wait a second, you mean like all those fighters on the card are splitting up thirty million? No, well, not thirty. Oh, the pay per view points, however much they are, I don't know how much they are, but all the fighters are splitting that up. So if you have one guy who is a household name. People know who he is and is fighting on the card, or she is, and they split all that. I don't. That doesn't make sense to me, you know. Yeah. And uh, but it's a whole different situation with Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa is coming off of his worst performance ever. Yeah. Against Adesanya, got completely outclassed, got beat up, uh, got even, got, got a little happy ending after that ass beating too. And 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 as much as I like uh, Jared Cannonier, yeah, he's fighting Jared Cannonier, yeah, not Israel Adesanya. So, of course, you're not going to make more money than when you fought the champ. Yeah. After a very great uh, winning streak to get to the champ, you're not on a winning streak anymore. You have completely derailed all of the hype for yourself, and now you're demanding more money, which only makes you look worse in the moment. Uh, you're turning down fights against Jared Cannonier. It just doesn't look good. You're not going to get yourself more money this way. Um, the only reason he's saying all of this is because of the stuff that Jake Paul had been saying about how the UFC doesn't pay their guys but as well as they should yeah which i agree with jake paul but i think that I jake paul's just writing a narrative you know yeah to be not look like a bad guy yeah i was about to say you had said that he's just trying to do it so he looks like a good guy and he'll get more people to go watch him fight and be fans of him but i don't know you gotta think that the biggest mma organization in the world with all the sponsors they have, yeah. with all of the access they have to... Their streaming networks. Yeah, yeah, like there's no way they can't pay some of these people more money. Do TV views um, bring money in? I'm not sure. I don't know anymore. I know that yeah. used to, but that was more of a studios willing to pay you more because you're bringing them more money. Yeah, I mean... Um, you got a guy like Dana White who doesn't fight. He's making he's his net worth, and net worth is completely different. That just means how much yeah. you're worth. It doesn't mean how much you make. Um, is four hundred million? You tell me that you have about four hundred fifty fighters in the UFC. None of those guys are clearing over a million. You know, yeah. you have pay per view buys. You have all these things that are accessed available to these fighters who are going out and doing that, and none of them 
I think Kamar Usman was the last guy that made over a million. That was including everything. That was a show bonus. That was a fight week incentive, all that. And it's it's hard to make the case that you're the top talent in the world, that your pool of fighters is the best in the world, but they don't deserve to be paid more. Yeah. Um, so if you're the best in the world, you, someone who's making their UFC debut will go is to reach for something that far. Uh, making their UFC debut, you've accepted them into the UFC, which means you think they're worth the shot at being considered one of the best in the world. Uh, and you're only going to pay them like roughly 5000 a fight? Yeah. That's trash. It's not good at all. They I can mean, go to Bellator and make more than that. And that's why they do it. You know, look at Corey Anderson. In his couple fights he's had in Bellator, he said he's made more money than six years in the UFC. Yeah. And, I mean, I know Corey Anderson wasn't always the most fun fucking fighter. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he was one of the best in the division. He comes over to Bellator, and he's winning, and he's he's making money doing it. That's yeah. why you look at Demetrius Johnson and Eddie Alvarez. They signed uh, over – their their contracts were over seven figures. They're making in the millions when they signed over there. You know, um, the one FC actually did a $50 million deal with uh, Demetrius Johnson because Demetrius Johnson plays a lot of video games. Video games. And, um, yeah, he plays a lot of Xbox. He was sponsored by Xbox. So I yeah. thought that was so cool. Yeah, and it's it doesn't make sense to me why these guys aren't making that good of money. You know, you look at somebody like Billy Joe Saunders, who's a boxer, pro boxer, just lost Canelo. He made three point five million yeah. in there, which compared to Canelo, it's not a lot of money. But I mean, still, it's it's he's going in there making still making a couple mil off that fight. Box the money as far as money in boxing, it's always going to be more than MMA for sure until MMA starts making changes, which it starts with the UFC. Yeah. Um, because I think, like we were saying, Bellator and One already pay their fighters substantially more than the UFC does, but the UFC also brings in other things to quote unquote make up for that. Yeah. Um, but I think the UFC is the standard. Um, so when you have other organizations paying their fighters more, it just doesn't hold as much of a ground in terms of respect than UFC does. If the UFC is paying their fighters more, it's different. But they're not, so. Yeah, I, I just, I don't get how they're not making that much money. Like, someone did a percentage, and their uh, UFC's total fighter payout is 18% of what they yearly make. Yeah. And so, I'm sure if you add it up, it's a lot of money, but for guys going out there and, you know, risking everything to do that, you know, I know that the UFC does, uh, if, like, one of their guys needs a trip to the hospital after the fights, they pay for that. They pay for their medical stuff yeah. after but, the fights. Like I said, there are benefits, and there yeah. are ways that they make up for it that other organizations might not. Yeah. But when you put your health on the line like they do for the best organization in the world, you want some you want some you deserve some financial compensation for, for it. You know. So uh but with Paulo Costa though, him saying he deserves three hundred fifty thousand to be a main event fighter, it's like I I get where you're coming from, but then again look who you fought last time you fought. Is your artist we like we had talked about last time. He made th- uh, r- roughly three hundred fifty thousand when he fought Adesanya, so it's like cool. But you're not fighting Adesanya yep. again. You're fighting Jared Cannonier, who is the yeah. dark horse of the division, you know. But still, he's um, he's just coming up. But and he's just he's one of the top guys in there. He's top five. But um, nothing about that is should matter against your pay. You know, you're going in there and. 
you sh- you're arguing for more pay whenever it's like you've made yourself look like an idiot these past yeah. couple times like you know like you've made it seem like you I don't know it's just it's a lot but does he deserve more pay I think all fighters deserve more pay but your argument you're trying to bring up is completely invalid and yeah. Dan White even said you know he's like you got destroyed your last fight dude and you want more money like come on man if you want to get paid more then you gotta go out there Which and show I, them I think if you're a main event fighter 350000 is a pretty good amount yeah. I think that's a fantastic amount um, good call, but not for you. Yeah. Paulo Costa, fight me for 20 bucks. 20 bucks. I'll do it for free. YouTube. Yeah. I'll charge 20 bucks. You'll charge me 20 bucks? No. Nah. Oh. <laughs> I'll charge you 20 bucks to fight Paulo Costa. I'm his manager. Okay. Um, one quick bit before we go. Um, Vitor Belfort yep. is fighting. He's boxing uh, the real Tarzan. On the one of the next trailer cards. Yeah. The real Tarzan is from YouTube. He does a lot of uh, wilderness stuff, and uh, yeah, he's fighting on the next trailer card, June nineteenth. I don't know anything about the real Tarzan, honestly. I, I don't either. I didn't even know. I, I just found out about him whenever I found out about this fight, and um, so I tried to find find some uh, fight information on him before. I know he assaulted somebody, but I think I was, a lot of people are saying the assault wasn't really an assault; it's more like a self defense thing. Huh. So uh, well. Like, if you're a fan of Vitor and you want to support him, go check that out on that trash trailer. Yep. I'm not buying that shit again. I'm not either. Yeah. Well, you didn't buy it. You bought the Showtime one. So what's that? You bought the Showtime one. Yeah, yeah, we went half on that one, but the trailer card, I bought that one. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. I was um, doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing, and then they got shut down. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So. Well, that'll be all the time we have for today. Uh, remember, everybody, Carlos Nava, get ready for that pro boxing debut. Saturday, June 12th, and we will talk to y'all later.